0: Welcome to My Take on It with Your Angelic Karma. If you are interested in sharing your story in a future broadcast, send an email to yourangelicstories at gmail.com. Here she is, folks, your host, the one, the only, the also beautiful, Your Angelic Karma. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. This is our Ask Mail Monday segment. It's Monday, December 24th First, winter solstice and the sun has gone into Capricorn. What I'm going to do this morning is, yesterday in the podcast, I asked you all to send in an email letting me know what you will not be taking into 2021. Not the New Year's resolution. Everybody did it correctly. They sent in emails telling me what they would not take into 2021. Now, because today is such a special day, and I knew it yesterday, today sets up, because of what's happening energetically, today sets up the foundation for the next 20 years. And what is not being taken is being taken from you. And what you're left with is that other side of the story. That other vibration that is positive. Now, so it's good to say things out loud sometimes, and sometimes it's good to write them down. Now, so it's written down, you decided what you're not gonna take, that's very positive. You've been able to separate that from your mental state. you recognized it, you pinpointed, you said this is it, you said this would not be going like that. So that's very significant. Also, I told asked you all to send an email telling me something that you all do, grew up doing that was old school, and you still do it. And people did all that also. So I'm gonna read a couple of those. First, I want to talk about a couple of things. I'm gonna be making announcements throughout the day about work and about other things like that. So, because today is a special day because what we have going on energetically now. And also I also want to talk about some good news. Last night, I was under psychic attack in my sleep, which 2018, 2019, a lot of 2020 was, it that was common when you're under psychic attack or spiritual attack. And the good news is that the energy, those of you that have been dealing with envy, which is evil, the energy is lessened. The psychic attack, the spiritual attack is lessened. That So my attention was brought to that. So that evil, so to speak, that energy has been overcome is what the message was for me. It would not be going into 2021. And the message from that is that, you are worthy of all the good things, all the positivity, all of the eternal abundance and eternal protection that the universe has granted you. Sometimes the universe wants us to say that out loud and speak it out as opposed to confirming it between us and our unique and individual connection with the universe, that one on one connection like that. So today is a very special day. We're setting the tone for the next 20 years. It could follow us on further into that. It depends. So let's go ahead and get started here quickly. And I'm going to read, I have a lot of work to catch up on today. I'm going to dedicate today to the platforms. I'll be dedicating it to Patreon, Vimeo. I'm going to be doing podcasts. I'm going to be making them announcements to all of the platforms at once. I'll be doing work on YouTube. So I'm going to be dedicated. It's it's going to be all about this work today. Like that. Now, because I'm trying to get ready to go on vacation. And I'm trying to get 2021 wrapped up with a lot of things. I'm, I'm getting this out of the way. Trying to get the week wrapped up. The year wrapped up. And then I need to dedicate my attention to my other business equally. And get it wrapped up. Taken care of. The year over with and done with to bring in 2021. And I'm going to talk about that in a podcast in the morning ramble about the significance of the energies that we're under now. So first I'm this doesn't have any, this email doesn't have anything to do with the topics of the 2021 or the old school. This is a, a different email that is in response to the, the, Podcast that I put up yesterday, the last podcast, Calling Him Daddy too. Okay. And the person writes in the subject line, the daddy subject. And, and I noticed that the people that are emailing me, they're they're people that went to Patreon. When I first started Patreon three years ago, around this time in December, is these people talking. And they're also people that have been students in my accountability classes. That are communicating and sending in emails also. Now this person, this was an accountability student that I had with accountability classes. And I'm going to talk about those today also. Different podcasts. Now, they write in the subject line, the daddy subject. Good evening, Mel. That was an interesting topic. Um, Well, I've only had a godfather and badly dad. Okay. If I knew who my father was, it would start off as calling him sir, then progressing to his name, then dad. I personally wouldn't say daddy because I wouldn't have had the youthful, memorable memorable vibration associated with it. I would say father when I refer to him to others because of the formality of his frequency. And I kind of want to say, I'm sorry that you didn't grow up and don't know your father, but I kind of don't want to say I'm I'm sorry because I'm a believer in things happening the way that they should. And I've actually met this person because in the accountability coaching, they're live sessions, so I'm talking to them live. So I think that you turned out to be a great person despite that. And maybe that was, maybe it was a blessing that you could or could not see yet. It obviously didn't take anything from your life because you're doing well, and if you're not, you're about to be. Now is so that is as it relates to your father, and you made an interesting point because I also think that the the word father is very formal. It is a it's like who fathered the child, fathered father is very formal for me it is a form of frequency is it it, is it doesn't bring forth that energy of closeness or warmth or hugs or laughs or protection like that is kind of the father is sitting in the recliner smoking a cigar and no one is allowed to bother him. He's highly important and you don't bother your father like that. Okay. It's it's a detachment that comes along with that when I hear it like that. And I've talked about words in our association with words a month ago. I started bringing that up now also with daddy, you brought up something very significant with daddy also. Because you stayed I personally wouldn't say daddy because I wouldn't have had the youthful memorable vibration associated with it with it. That's what I look at as daddy as being. Daddy is where the daddy was accessible. It is the love was there. There's is like to consent it or to call your dad, father, daddy, is like when it's a the pet name for him because it it shows love like that. Like if, in Spanish, if you said "papi," okay, that's papa. If you said "papacito," is love, is sweetness, is showing. That's daddy is, is showing a connection, an emotional connection, a towards the father like that. A love is not formal. It's close. Like that, even with dad, which is like you shorten daddy and put dad, for me, it's a little bit detachment. It's a little bit formal, but not as formal as father. So that's the way that I look at that. And you know how in certain communities they will be like baby daddy and all of that. And I sound ridiculous when I say those types of things. If the Scorpio's listening, she's gonna say, she's probably laughing and says, say that again. Like they just be like baby daddy and all that stuff. My baby daddy, okay. <laughs> no, that's your baby's father. A daddy is something that is a close, loving connection between the child and the daddy. The saying daddy is a sweetness towards the daddy like that is, yeah. it shows a sweetness. It shows a, a closeness. It shows an emotional significance. So, I don't know how that word, daddy, became associated with unwed mothers or fathers who fathered the child that were, how Morris said, you are the father? Yeah, they are the father. They're not the daddy. Daddy is when the the child knows that they can run up and get their daddy a big hug. Daddy is when you know that even if your daddy is busy, you could call him or you could go to his job and he'll drop everything. Is your uh, daddy like that. So I don't know how that daddy word got associated with unwed mothers, children out of wedlock, fathers that fathered children and weren't in their life. But that needs to be it's got it's gotten a very negative. There's a negative energy around it when it's looked at in that way. Cause I have a daddy like that. They are describing a father. A detached, my father is in the recliner. He's very important. He can't be bothered. Or my father's absent, formal, because there's no emotional connection, formal, there's a distance, formal. Or when you're talking to people in the public and you want to say, my father, like that. Is the way that I see it. You all think about how you see it. And this person also states, as far as calling a relationship partner daddy or poppy or ma mom or mommy, I prefer the Spanish version. I would, I that I would, that they would call them in the Spanish version. So you would say you would call the relationship partner that in Spanish. What's the difference? Okay, so if 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 you're American, you would call and you're dating somebody that's American, you would call them that in Spanish. Or, or you're, or, yeah, too. Or you would call them that in English, and if you were dating someone that was Hispanic, you would call them that in Spanish, like that. And you would feel comfortable doing it like that, you state. And this person states they prefer the Spanish version. So there's, a, a, in English, there's an association with the words or an accomplishment as it relates to calling the romantic partner that. Okay, this is how we associate with words, how we've been conditioned to uh, the association with words. And I would call the, I would use them interchangeably because I had a serious relationship with someone that was Hispanic and I married a man that was Hispanic. Both of them had not grown up in the United States, not been schooled here. Not been raised here. They were here when they came here when they were men. And I met them when they were men. So I would call them dads. And I would call the American one either those words in Spanish or English. And I would call the Hispanic one that in Spanish. Like that. Now, and my and mommy is. Mamita. Is where. Okay. (laughs) I've never been called that. Except for when it's a mommy. The only time I've been called that is when it was a reference to The physicality, my physicality, okay. Like that. So, because mamita is a, could be sometimes, sometimes related to a woman that is physically appealing, is mommy, mamita, okay. And then ma, it could be where is. And also with Ma is where it could be, of course, s- Hispanic people know more this about this than I would. <laughs> it would be where, yeah. Like, what's up, Ma? Like that, okay? It could be shooting the breeze. And Mamita is the sweet, juicy, sweetness of Ma. Like that, like Papito for Papi is the juicy, the sweetness like that is when you're really being coddling are those papito mamita like that is those types of things. It, so yeah, but, but with, with, even with, for me with the reference of saying daddy, I wouldn't say that with just a sexual partner. I wouldn't call them that. That's why and how in the United States calling the, masculine energy daddy is associated sexually for me it's not is i wouldn't just call a sexual partner that it has an emotional undertone to it that there's an emotional connection there's a great respect there's a admiration and admiration is due to the qualities that the person expresses. Okay, that's with daddy. Not just, um, sex. oh, daddy. No, uh-uh. No, I would not call them that. Mm-mm. So, our association with words. So, I prefer the Spanish version. To me, it carries a flirtatious signature, especially depending upon the fluctuation of one's tone, pitch body language and the rest of the sentence if it's used in a sentence. Excuse my primitive Scorpio vibe. You're correct. You're that was that's what I was trying to describe. It it does have an undertone of flirtation. It's the sweetness. Just like daddy that dad, in English is is sweet. It's not all about sex. I call my what people call their father that dad daddy is the sweetness. It's the the girl, or even the boy, my father, my, my brothers call him daddy. Also have, that help is like, that's, that's daddy. Like that. There's an admiration. There's not a perfection as it relates to the type of person that he is, but there's an admiration. There's those good memories. That's daddy. And it'll always be daddy. Even with the romantic partner, you said you like the Spanish version better it, because of the, the, <laughs> the pitch. In the body language, in the rest of the sentence, and it sounds like there's a flirtatiousness. It, it is, and there's also a in Spanish. There's in when when the men say it, my my and my mitha. There's a an appealing energy They're trying to appeal to you. <laughs> Your sweetness. They're trying to appeal to you when they can say that also. I've never been called Mama Mita. My ex is, with ex, a serious ex, he would call me Mija. That's my daughter, Mija, like that. So in my ex-husband, he would call me Mibida. That's my life, like that, is what he would call me. As if it's your name. Out in public, wherever you're doing, wherever you are, just like. Daddy is it just used in the bedroom. It's out in public, wherever you are, just like people saying, baby, like that. So, calling their husbands baby or the husband calling the wife baby is the same thing. In English, I like when men say, when some men, when they say, sweetheart, it, I, in English, Is I like it, and, and the American men can be just as consented as Hispanic men with words in the way of speaking to the significant other. Consented means like consented to to spoil one with language of romance or sweetness, like sweetheart and things like that has a significance baby in English. If the man is calling me that, okay, that's what he's saying, which I have that in English, which is, is nice also. So is, So that's what this person states. And they also say it also carries a vibe of respect, trust, love, appreciation, strength, endurance, comfort, and nurture in all aspects it may be used. And they also write that this was an interesting topic. Now, yeah, that's what it does. Daddy does also. In English. It's just that a community took the word daddy and just made it into a... I don't know what they're describing because those are fathers. Now, is that's right. Now, let's move on. We're already 21 minutes in. We're going to go to the first email, and it's the old school. Now, and this person, she, when I first went to patron three years ago, she went also, and I would do the live check-ins where I would be talking to them live. We would, they would see me, I would see them. And I'm reading her email because when I was reading through all the emails, hers stuck out because I can I can testify that this being a fact because of what she was actually doing when we were having it live. And those of you that are on, that are listening to the podcast, and you remember that live three years ago, I'm about to read their, this person's email, and I'm going to mention what she was doing, and you all are going to remember her. This is what she put Old school in the subject line. Hi Mel, I grew up watching my mother, grandmother, and great grandmother cook collard greens, black-eyed peas, and wash all of the clothes on New Year's Eve. Now, if she's from California, she's correct because when we were doing the live, she was cooking, and I asked her, and everybody was able to see her. <laughs> they were able to see me, and I asked, I said, "What are you cooking?" And she said, "Collard greens." Okay, <laughs> she's from California. She moved to Georgia. She moved to Georgia, Atlanta, and I would ask her how she liked it. And I mentioned something that she said was that, that was a hot topic. I'm not going to mention it. And so I could testify to what she said about cooking the conglomerate. She most definitely do, does that. Now, Now, this is something interesting. I've never heard of watching, uh, washing all the clothes on New Year's Eve. So, but, and the growing up cooking collard greens, black eyed peas. Okay, I'm from the South. I grew up eating collard greens, black eyed peas, and cooking it. I was talking to my Scorpio, my oldest sister, a couple of days ago, and she asked me, she was like, can you even cook soul food? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, my children grew up eating it. I don't cook it anymore, but I like to eat it. When I went to Georgia last month, we uh, was it in December when I was in Georgia? No, it was in November. Last month, we definitely went to a restaurant. The only soul food restaurant in my small town, and it never disappoints. It's the same as it was. I love the ambience. We had a blast, and the food was great. See, where I'm from in Georgia, I don't look at it. I know, like, my sister called it soul food, I, and a lot of people call it soul food. I look at it as southern food because all of the people eat it. So, but I guess it would be soul food because it's, it's historic connotation or it being associated with African Americans like that, but in the South, you grew up like that. No matter who you were, that was good eating like that. So yeah, I could relate to this collard greens, black eyed peas, most definitely. Now even in my in a in another group, the group that I started, my private group that I've started, they somebody even had a question. <laughs> They had cooked some cornbread and asked, what would you, what else would you cook with this? And the answers that were given, somebody stated that they would add something to it. Like, I forgot what they said, which was strange to me. Or I missed understood the question because somebody was saying that they would add i think they said tomatoes to it or something like that or like they were adding ingredients to the cornbread i was thinking okay you have the cornbread what would you eat with it like that so i put cabbages or what else would you what else would you cook with it? cabbages or, or collard greens i was thinking like that because i'm from the south i the other people were thinking she the, the question was if you grew up eating cornbread what did you what would you put with it? They were putting ingredients as if they were going to put it in the cornbread. I was thinking, okay, cabbages, collard greens, that's what you would eat with cornbread. That's what you would cook with it, like that. So, I guess I may have been confused, like that. So, now, and, and this person also... So, I've never heard of the washing all the clothes on New Year's Eve. I can't keep the clothes washed, <laughs> All of them on New Year's Eve. I can't keep the clothes washed. Period. I would be, I would have to start to get ready for the New Year's. I would have to start in February so that I could be ready for the next New Year to have them all washed. (laughs) I have, I don't even want to think about it. You know? So that is a superstition. And I'm in Georgia. We would have, in Georgia, the superstition was a man needs to be the first person to walk on the door or into the door, into the house on New Year's Day. So if there was a man that was living the house, a brother or a dad, they would, father? (laughs) It would be where you would, they would walk out and then walk back in. In case a female came to the door that wasn't a part of the family and she was the first to enter. And it was about luck. I don't know where that came from. It could kind of sound sound kind of what do you call it? Hell, I don't know the name of it. I don't keep up with that stuff. Where there's a division noted and then a name or a label give it to it. I don't keep up with it like that. But that is most definitely what the superstition was. I wonder if any have you any of you all ever heard of that? Now For New Year's, I'm going to do it where you all send in the emails telling me the superstition as it relates to your country, where you live, kind of have people from out of the country listening, and your region or your culture like that. That's what it was in Southern culture in the South, Deep South Georgia. And it was a culture thing like that. And the culture is shared amongst, despite the race. It was the Southern culture. So, and then she writes that she still does it to this day. The greens and black eyed peas are for money and luck and washing the clothes to wash away all of the bad luck to not bring it into the new year. So you were cooking the collard greens and black eyed peas on New Year's. In in Georgia, they would have a pot of ham hocks cooking on New Year's Day. I don't do any of that. I don't eat ham hocks. I don't cook ham hocks. I use, when I was in Georgia and I used to cook Southern food when my children were growing up, I would use ham hock for seasoning greens, collard greens, or you could use curd meat for seasoning collard greens and I'm way off topic. Now it is, so you would, you, you grew up with that tradition, the green, the greens and the black eyed peas are for many and luck. And you wash the clothes to wash away all the, the bad luck to not bring it into the new year. Okay. And in Georgia, also New Year's at twelve o'clock, the men would shoot because shotguns are something very common there in Deep South where I'm from. I don't know about Atlanta; that's the city, <laughs> but I'm not far. I'm from not from Atlanta. Is that you? With the shotgun? You would they would shoot a round, just one, to bring in the New Year at twelve. One shotgun round in the air like that. Now is. So, and she she writes, my two daughters said they would not continue this tradition. And she writes, oh, well, because it's silly to them. So you're going to continue it. Let me tell you about continuous traditions. And this Scorpio, who was very close to my grandmother and who was Georgia Baptist, Southern Baptist that I told you all about. They were very close. I was more close to my mother. When my grandmother passed away in 2014, my sister, she stopped celebrating holidays. So, uh, because it's different, and she said because she misses her. You know, I think a lot of traditions are dying, and a lot of people when their children get older they stop celebrating Christmas because for them Christmas is about their children. Is I guess it it could be where I guess a lot of traditions are dying. Should they die or should they be changed, modified? That's a question. I don't know. Now let's move on to the next email. We're already 31 minutes in. And this one was very significant it is what am I not taking in the subject line? This person was also a student in my accountability coaching classes. Me and you have to get together because what you've offered me as a collaboration to work together. I'm gonna do that. I just haven't had time. But I'm gonna make sure I get to that in 2021 so that we could tweak some things and move forward. Because I most definitely be needing your skill set. Now, this is what it is. This is what you write. What I'm leaving in 2020. The fear of owning my power and showing up as anything other than my most authentic self, that's being taken away from you. That's what you're leaving. This year can have it. The portal will close with that locked in that path. having been walked. You will be left with the other end of the spectrum, not being vulnerable and asking for help and speaking up. She's leaving that into 20 in 2020. She's not taking it with her limits and labels. She's leaving, leaving limits and labels in 2020 is not allowed into 2021. A lack mentality, she states, she's leaving that in 2020. It would not be allowed into 2021. Any feelings of unworthiness, guilt, and shame? She's leaving that in 2020. She's not taking it in 2021. Now, I'm going to stop right here for a second. Any feelings of unworthiness, guilt, and shame? I'm going to tell you about envy and evil and how it's associated with unworthiness and guilt and shame how it can cause you to feel unworthy, guilty, and shame. Um, That's going to be a different podcast in the future. We've overcome that. Now, is feeling responsible for anyone's behavior besides my own? She's leaving that in 2020, not taking it in 2021. What she lists sounds like Saturnian lessons learned. Unforgiveness and resentment. She's leaving that in 2020, not taking it into 2021. Toxic people in relationships, family included, she put. She's leaving that in 2020, not taking it into 2021. Being judgmental or unloving, she's leaving that in 2020 and not taking it into 2021. So you can expect a lot of different energies coming towards you. Those sound like karmic lessons, or turning lessons, lessons learned. And That energy is most definitely going to be removed from you because you disassociated yourself with it. You've called it out. You pinpoint it. You see it. You've accepted that it's played a role in your life and it will not anymore. And you're leaving it behind, which is beautiful and most definitely will bring beautiful new experiences into your life. It most definitely will heighten your vibration. You'll most definitely feel a weight is lifted and this will be the foundation of what your next 20 years will be built upon and even own further than that. Okay, everyone. Thanks for listening. And to this, next time, bye.